Welcome to Sunday Sermons. This is Jerry Webb. For the last several weeks, we have been talking about the Christ stages of the journey of the soul. Today, we come to the inner journey. You know, life leaves wounds. Those wounds need healing. And this morning, we're going to talk about the inner journey that can provide healing and help for the wounds that life brings. Thanks for being with us. Let's get right to it. Turn in your Bibles today to James chapter 5. Be reading from verses 13 through 16, and today I'm using the New Living Translation. James 5, 13 through 16. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Thank you, Lord, for your word. All children cry sometimes. We all know that. They all cry. And a parent or a teacher may get angry at the child or or walk away in frustration. That makes the child feel even more hurt and alone. But if that child is you, and you look up to heaven, then Jesus comes and he scoops you into his arms and he holds you. And he listens to you. The Lord does the same for adults who are hurting or struggling. To grow spiritually, we need him to come and to hold us. So we continue talking about this journey of the soul together. We come today to the place on that continuum where we want to develop our inner journey with Christ. It's a place of deep healing. And it's a place of deep commitment to follow and walk after God. Bill and Christy Galtier teach us that the way up into the joys of intimacy with God starts with moving down by being honest about your struggles and your brokenness so that you might receive empathy and grace. Life, life especially when we come to that wall of challenge and difficulty, often leaves wounds. It leaves hurts, pains, things that that need the touch and the healing and the grace of God our Father. We've read, all of us, many times before this passage from James 5. I find it interesting that we all, you know, when I've preached this and taught this, I've always started at verse 13, But somehow in in my teaching and message, I I leave out verse 13. I leave out all of that. 
And I just go right to this, are you sick? <laughs> but that first part's just as important. Because it's the part that talks to us about the emotional healing and help that we need to be able to move past the wall of our discouragement, our challenge, and into a real inner intimate journey with our Savior. Is any of you suffering hardships? We ignore the hardships, you know, when we read this verse. We even ignore the, the happy part. If you're happy, you should sing praises. Notice it says sing. <laughs> we ignore that. I don't know why, but we do. And yet James is encouraging a lifestyle of praise, no matter the circumstance. He's encouraging us to come to the place where we get honest and open with God, and, and when we've walked through the hard parts of life, we, we come to him and say, okay, God, I, I've been in the hard. Now I need the hope of your healing, the hope of your help. And we come to this inner journey. Galtiers call it the I stage, the inner journey. We've come through the, the C stage, the confidence in Christ, the H stage, the help and discipleship, the R stage, the responsibilities in ministry. We've hit a wall where we've been challenged in our faith, and then we want to move past that to a place of, of real spiritual maturity and a place where this inner life with Christ becomes our all in all. So as we think about that, there are some things that we want to remember about coming to this place, some, some actions we can take that can really help us to, to move through and to experience the joy and the victory that we need. You know, when we come to this place where, where we really need healing and wholeness, we need someone to walk with us. A lot of times we talk about spiritual mentors and spiritual friends. We need those people who, who come alive with us as, as a, a soul friend or a spiritual friend, a guide who, who asks, how do you feel today? How are you doing? Who listens with compassion, who, who prays for us. We need this at every stage of life and growth, but... But at this point where, where we've come through a challenge and a difficulty, we really need people around us who will help us. I don't think it's impossible to live the Christian life in isolation all by ourselves, but I do think it's really challenging to do that. I also think that unless circumstances prohibit it, uh, prohibit us to be in Christian community, that, it, that it's really unbiblical to try to live the Christian life without the help, the encouragement, the presence of other Christians on the journey with us. We don't journey alone. We, we need someone to walk with us. That's why Sunday school classes, small groups, intimate settings, one or two or three really close Christian friends who, who are with us and know us and can help us is so deeply important for us. 
But then also when we, when we come to this place of being in this inner journey place, we need the persistence to do the work of deep healing. When we think about this stage, we think about an image of a shovel. Because we have to dig through our emotions. We have to dig through our struggles. We have to dig through the faith questions that will help us get through the wall and move on to this place with God. And we have to persist. You know, it's so easy when we come to a place of spiritual challenge just to give up, to quit moving forward. Some even give up their faith altogether, but most of us don't give up our faith. We just give up the persistence of growing more like Christ. And we just are stuck. And so at this place, we need persistence to keep growing. I think the last year is teaching us about persistence. You know, for, for so long we were encouraged to be at home and, and isolate ourselves. Now we're coming to where we are re-engaging with the world. But so much of what has happened over the last year is it's just been like we've put life on pause in a whole lot of ways because we've had a challenge. Now we're coming to the time we need to hit play. <laughs> We need to start going again. And that's what the Christian life is like when we come to a challenge. It's tempting to just hit pause and to sit there and to wallow in it. <laughs> to, to think that, well, this is just life. This is just the way it is. I'll somehow go on. But we quit maturing in our faith. Because we see this challenge or this problem as unsolvable and we choose just to live with it. That's not the way of God. He wants us to move on, to do the hard work of, of working toward the deep healing that James talks about. The healing of our soul, our life, even our physical life, but also our emotional and mental well-being. We have to have persistence. And when we persist, then there comes another part of the journey. And that's the longing for more of God. We just want more. We sense that there's more. We know that there's more. And so we have to work to do the work, to do our part of pursuing a relationship with God that, that helps us experience more of Him. Most of you know Psalms chapter 42. And I kind of, it, it kind of identifies this longing for more of God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? 
Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. There comes to us this longing and hope for more. And it's about moving past the hurt and the pain and the damage that life sometimes brings our way. To encounter a God who, who will heal us, who will recognize our emotions and, and have empathy with them because he's been there too. You know, I don't think we, we probably recognize so much just how deeply Jesus wrestled with his own emotions. You know, sometimes as Christians, we get this idea that to be a strong Christian means that I've got my emotions over here in a box and they're going to impact my faith. They're over here. But that's not how we operate. We're not segregated that way in our spirit. We're all one. Think about the emotions that Jesus felt that needed the healing of his heavenly father. You remember the day when he stood with Mary and Martha at the grave of Lazarus. And the Bible says he wept. You remember the day when he went into the temple and he became so angry that that he overturned all of the money changers' tables and and drove out those that were selling the the sacrificial animals from, from the temple court. He was angry because the poor were being taken advantage of, because they were charging too much for the exchange of money, because they had to have certain types of coins to make their offerings, or because they had to have a certain animal for their sacrifice. And Jesus got angry about that. And yet the Bible teaches us in his anger, he did not sin. We remember when he was in the garden the night before his crucifixion. And he spent time there praying with his father. And the scripture says that he prayed so hard and the weight of all that he was going through was so heavy on him that he, he sweat as if drops of blood the anxiety that was upon him as he said, Father, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. He carried the deep emotions that we carry. And so he understands when when we need healing and help in those things. He, He knows what it's like to be hungry, to experience the physical hunger that our body carries. He knows those things. And because he knows them and he's experienced them, he has empathy for us when we find ourselves needing the deep inner healing that that comes to us on this inner journey with Christ. And so we read from James, you can be healed. If you're going through a hardship, Jesus can help. If you're experiencing joy, Sing your songs of praise. And if you're sick, whether it's physically, emotionally, come to Jesus and and he can help bring healing to you. One of the great Bible teachers of, of the previous 
generation before me, a man named Arlo Newell. Uh, he would talk often about God's healing. He talked about it, he wrote about it. And he talked about this healing as a miraculous manifestation that transcends nature. Though it affects the material body, it does not take place by material means. In other words, there comes a place with God where sometimes he reaches out to us. And in our calling and longing for healing, he touches us and brings healing. And so James tells us a formula, a prescription that we're to follow when we need that kind of deep healing in our life. Now, the, the formula doesn't promise that we'll receive that healing. It just tells us our part. And our part says we're to call. We're to call out. We're to let others know that there's an issue in our life that we need help with and we shouldn't hesitate to ask for help. And it says we're to call the elders. The elders are, are not necessarily those who, who have a church office or a certain number of years of Christian experience. They're just spiritual leaders in the church, persons who, in whom you have confidence because of their faith, their example. And we're to call them and to let them know that we need help. That's where some of those spiritual friends come into play. I remember two times in particular when I needed to call on the elders to pray for me. One was a time of physical healing. The other was a time of emotional and stress that I just needed relief from. And so the first one, I remember when uh, two parishioners in, in the church I was serving at the time, their name were Claude and Andy. Claude and Andy's father was a pastor about 60, 70 miles away from us. And I had been sick at home for several days. I really should have been in the hospital looking back on it, but I wasn't. And I was not getting better. And so Claude and Andy invited their father over and he came and and uh, came into my bedroom because I was too sick to get out of bed. And uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember his first name. We just always called him Brother Niece. <laughs> I know his first name wasn't Brother, but that's all I remember at this point. But Brother Niece came. He anointed me and he prayed for me. I had to receive that. I was used to being on the other end. I was used to anointing and praying for others, and, and then here I was in need. I had an infection in my body that just wasn't going away. And uh, Brother Nice prayed for me. He left. He was there only a few minutes. The next day, I was out of bed. God intervened. Now, I remember another time a few years after that when life was just challenging. You've been there. When life's just really hard. And, and I remember our friend. I would call her a spiritual friend. Her name was Marianne. Marianne came to our home and we sat in our living room. The kids were still at home, uh, in, in school at home with us. We all sat in the living room and Marianne started speaking to me. She started 
uh, reading the scripture to me, to all of us. She had us do some things that were outside of our normal of, of uh, what seemed rational, <laughs> but we, we listened and trusted. And I remember at one point as she was just speaking to us and asking if she could pray for us, that I slumped out of the couch I was sitting on down to the floor and I heard a loud pop. No one else heard it. I heard it. And I look back on that and I think that was the Lord doing his chiropractic adjustment in my life. And I got up different. Because a spiritual friend came. I'd called the elders and they had come. They offered prayer for me. A prayer of faith. Praying for my comfort and my healing. And, and this is the formula that God gives us. They anointed with oil, and that's what we do. We anoint with oil, not because we think there's any special property in the oil. It's just the symbol of the Holy Spirit who brings the healing. It reminds us that it's not the prayer that brings the healing. It's the Spirit who brings the healing. And it reminds us of that. And they anoint us in the name of the Lord. And acknowledge that Christ is the healer, the Spirit is the healer, in whom we place our trust. And when we come to this inner journey, we need the touch of God's grace to heal those hurts and to heal those pains so that our relationship with Christ becomes deeper and stronger and better and fuller. But as I mentioned earlier, just because we follow, follow that James formula, that, that's not a promise that uh, we'll all be healed when, when the elders pray for us. And, and it's not a promise that all prayers are, are answered in exactly the way they want. But it is a promise that God is present. He will help us and be with us. Cheryl Johnson Barton was a, a classmate of Linda and mine in college. And she wrote a series of books of missionary stories of people uh, in, in our Church of God congregations all around the world. And one of those stories is the story of Ad, Ahmed Hakim. She doesn't tell us where Ahmed lived other than it was a, a large city in the Middle East because it was a Muslim country, a Muslim place. And, Ahmed grew up in, as a Muslim, he and his wife both. But when they moved to this one particular city, they found that one of their neighbors were, were Christians. And before long, the, the Christian neighbors and Ahmed and his wife became friends and starting, started building a relationship together. And, and after a while, uh, they asked Ahmed and his wife if they would like to study the Bible together. And so they agreed. And week after week, Ahmed and his wife and this other Christian couple would, would gather together and study the Bible. And as Ahmed writes his story that Cheryl put in her little book, uh, 
Ahmed says after a while he, he realized he had fallen in love with Jesus. Ahmed was, was particularly uh, happy for that. But the other thing about Ahmed was that, that Ahmed was deaf. And he had learned to read lips, he had learned to sign, and the reason he, he and his wife had moved to this city was because he'd been, been appointed to come and teach in a deaf school. And so after coming to Christ, he, he found this verse. And some people prayed over him. He also talks about his baptism and even noted his, the date. It was May 25th, 2003, when he was baptized. And Ahmed longed for his healing to be restored. But as he tells his story, he says, you know, I've been prayed for. I've read the scripture. God has never healed my deafness. But I'm no longer blind no longer spiritually blind. Now I have Christ. And so while he didn't get the healing he prayed for, he, he got a healing that was so much more important and so much more valuable to him. The healing of his heart and soul to be right with Christ. But we need that kind of healing. That kind of hope that God gives when we've gone through challenging, difficult times, and he mends us back together again so that we can move forward in our journey of the soul. So how do we grow in Christ? You know, as we've made our way through this series, there's been a different spiritual discipline that can help us with each one. And I've encouraged you over the last few weeks as we think about our confidence in Christ to, to be praying the 23rd Psalm, just to pray through it. When we came to the help and discipleship part of, of this journey, remember Christ the acrostic, Christ, C, confidence in Christ, H, help and ministry, or, or help and discipleship. I, I encourage you to make some old friends, remember that? Not, not some flesh and blood friends, but some old friends, some Bible verses that, that just can become in time for you. Things that are so deep in your heart that you can call on them whenever you want. You don't have to open the pages of the Bible. They, the, the Bible just becomes your friend. And you can lean into its truth at the moment you need it. You'll remember that I encourage you to do that if you were here that day because I, I tried to quote a verse for you and I messed it up. Remember, John 5, 24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. An old friend. This morning, we're talking about this I stage. And maybe the spiritual discipline here is that, that we need some spiritual friendships to journey with us. Somebody that you can count on. Somebody that will, will listen and have empathy and will, 
will comfort you, will hear your story without judgment, and will be blessing in your life. Another thing in this stage that the Galtiers suggest, one of the spiritual disciplines is, is to read the old spiritual classics. Now, I don't know how many of you have done that, but there, there are fantastic, wonderful uh, aids from our brothers and sisters of uh, centuries and millennia past who have wisdom to share with us. One of my favorites is, and I've talked to you about this many times, but uh, Brother Lawrence in his little book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Of course, he didn't write the book. It's, uh, it's a series of letters that he wrote to someone about his life with Christ. And uh, it's been preserved for us. He lived in the, in the 1600s, lived in Paris, worked in the kitchen of a monastery. And I just love his little insight into how to live with Jesus day by day, to always have him in our thoughts and our minds. One of the things he writes is, always be with God. Always be with God and, and do nothing which might displease him. All this with one aim only, purely for love of him and because he deserves infinitely more. Then he continues. He gives us a little prayer. My God, here I am totally devoted to you. Lord, shape me after the pattern of yourself. You know, that's what this I stage is about. It is finding the deep healing and the deep commitment to walk with Christ so that he can shape us in the pattern after himself. Being a Christian means we conform to Christ. We come to his ways, his hope, his teaching. So let me ask you, which emotion do you most need Jesus' help with today? Is there some sadness in your life, some anger, some anxiety? Is there a longing for God What distracts you from wholehearted devotion to Jesus? What's in the way? Something that needs healed, set right, so that you move deeper into your relationship with Christ. I want you, if there is one, to name that distraction today and to offer it to God in this little prayer, it's, it's an adaptation of Psalm 63.3. Your love, O Lord, is better than... What's the distraction? What's the thing that's in the way? That's keeping you from intimacy with God? And offer it to him today. That he can remove it. That he can heal it. That he can set it straight. And that you can walk in fullness of life with him. You, your love, O Lord, is better than. What is it? What's that barrier, that distraction 
might even be simpler to say, what is that sin 